Welcome to Navigating Real Estate, where we discuss the skills, strategies, and success mindset you need to become a top producing real estate broker. I'm your host, Ryan Bucola. Thanks for tuning in today. My name is Tenley Houghton. I'm a REMAX broker here in Central Oregon, and I am uh, subbing or guest hosting for Ryan Brucola and Navigating Real Estate. Today, I have with us Jess Schum with Vacation Rentals Collective, also known as VRC. Thanks for having me. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, I have in my notes, you know, when you started and how many doors you manage, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and share that with us? Sure. Um, Like Tinley said, I'm Jess Schum with Vacation Rental Collective. I've been in the vacation rental hospitality industry since about 2006. Uh, Worked for a major ski resort in Colorado, managing all those rentals, and then relocated almost eight years ago to Bend and started this this vacation rental business in 2018. Very different from resort management, but I manage individual homes and we've got about 60 in our portfolio and we manage all throughout Central Oregon. Wow, thank you so much and thanks for joining us again today. So as an expert in the field, I'd love to just ask additional questions and, you know, majority of our listeners are brokers and are brokers within the Central Oregon area, yet anybody listening um, may have some takeaways uh, from today. So what do you see as the biggest benefit drawing clients to short-term rentals? And this is consistently not in just today's, but from when you started. Yeah, our... Our portfolio is varied, as is our ownership base. We work with investor owners who are interested in generating more revenue than maybe a long-term rental could. They also have the financial flexibility to cover those operating expenses in the off-season. And then we have a handful of homeowner partners who purchase second homes. They're less focused on revenue generation, um, more focused on the value of their investment and the ability to be able to come to Bend and enjoy the community with their families and their friends. We've got homeowners that make multiple trips a year. A lot of them can just drive over if their home's not booked. And so that's a really attractive investment for them as well. Awesome. So when you say more revenue and you're not talking about the second homeowner who's you know purchasing that trophy property in Central Oregon to bring their family and friends, um, on a long-term rental that's more than 31 days, compared to a short-term rental revenue, is there a percentage that's most likely to increase for that type of investment? It really depends on the home and whether that pencils, which I think is where we also come in as a resource for you guys, um, just weighing those and doing revenue estimates, letting you know what it looks like as a short-term rental, and then the investor can decide which would be a better use. Yes, and I can foresee that uh, with Central Oregon having so many micro markets that I'm sure that's very true in location and um, vacancy um, and time of year for this area in those rentals as well. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you recently helped me with an opinion piece in the source on vacation rentals, and I had... um, done what anybody in the 20 in 2023 would do and ask chat GBT to give me what were the top factors um, that would support uh, a short-term rental and standing the test of time. What was great is 
you know, I wasn't necessarily satisfied with those top 10 and decided to give you a call. And you mentioned a key piece that AI didn't share and was curious if you'd touch and share a little bit more about that, specifically the amenity search. Um, that seems to be a really key factor when shopping for and also looking to rent an, a short-term rental. Yeah, I did not mention anything about top search amenities. So we've got data from, you know, Verbo, Airbnb, all the third-party OTAs. In Bend specifically, about 25% of the travelers are searching for pet-friendly and hot tub. Mm. So if you don't have either of those amenities, you are not populating in those searches, obviously. And then missing out on those rentals. With those top amenities, we can increase revenue anywhere from 10 to 15%. And that's being able to command a higher rate along with having higher occupancy rate. So especially looking at the low season when there's not a lot of travelers here, you know, you have those pet-friendly amenities, you've got a game room, a hot tub, things like that are going to set you apart and you're going to have more bookings. So you're going to have more nights booked. That in turn gives you more revenue. Yeah, that is just fantastic insight. And I love thinking about, I mean, how I search for a vacation rental, like on the coast or something like that. The hot tub is one of the main things that I search for. I'm curious on the owner side and management side, are hot tubs worth it? (laughs) (laughs) They definitely are. And everybody is going to manage it differently. We have great local hot tub techs. They service it between every use. So it is a great amenity and it's easy to keep up on as long as you don't have somebody trying to do their own. We don't ever, you know, give the guests chemicals to balance or anything like that. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So when we talk about um, being able to compare to your competition, I'm curious what the competition in Central Oregon looks like and where is it mostly saturated? Sure. So we're looking at about 1,300 whole house rentals that are within the city of Bend. Within Central Oregon, so we're going from, you know, Sun River up to Eagle Crest, you're looking at over 3,500 vacation rentals. And so that is your competition as a vacation rental owner. And really setting yourself apart in a saturated market is what we push our owners to do in investing in those amenities. They'll see the return on the investment. Um, In the Bend market, we see about 65% of the revenue made between mid-May and September. So that seasonality is a huge swing. And anything you can do to get those incremental room nights booked, you know, in the off-season is totally worth it. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, great. Well, if hotels are not necessarily outliers of the competition, is there something that sets a vacation rental apart from the hotel um, beyond just the pets and being pet friendly and um, hot tubs? I know for me as a family, we love to be able to have a kitchen and just really be able to stay for a longer period of time. Does it seem like it's either cost more cost efficient or just an easier way to vacation with vacation rentals? Sure. So a lot of travelers just like their own space and privacy. So they don't want the shared spaces while you can go stay, you know, in a hotel setup. You don't have a private hot tub or outdoor space to hang out with. That's just yours. 
And so really being able to travel with friends and have that set up where you can have the community feeling, make dinners together, hang out in the living area, play games. You're really creating those memories in a home instead of individual hotel rooms where you're all separated. So it's it's a different traveler. And then length of stay definitely plays into that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just remember with two under the age of four traveling here and uh, so grateful to be in a vacation rental because I couldn't imagine trying to get up at and out of the door for breakfast most of those mornings. Like just <laughs> being able to have the fridge filled and have our routine and have the kids have their own room. Um, yeah, that was a game changer for us. And that was back prior to, um, you know, the, the big boom of vacation rentals and Airbnb coming into the, um, network and everything. I mean, it was home away was the first one and they were actually based out of Austin and that's how we had heard about them. Um, so touching on that and kind of how the landscape has changed when it comes to regulations and restrictions, Um, It sounds like 2015 was really where the initial regulations when it came to the distance between each short-term rental within the Bend City limits um, was created. And we've had a a new push. So that was 250 feet. Now we're up to 500 feet. um, And these regulations and restrictions seem to be continuing down um, pushed from the state, pushed from the nation. Um, what are your thoughts on that and what are you seeing? Sure. So we are definitely seeing an increase on the need for longer term housing. Um, and, you know, we spoke at those city council meetings, we wrote letters, a lot of these going back to who's in our portfolio and who are our homeowner partners. A lot of these homeowners use their homes. They come, they support the community. They spend money here. They love it here. Just the same reason why everyone lives here. Mm -hmm. And so that push to make those longer term rentals really doesn't work for a big part of the portfolio of vacation rental owners. Um, But I think just keeping consistent and being in the know and involved with any of those legislations that are going to come up is the best thing that we can do and really to educate people on what we do in the community and for the community. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And you mentioned in the question before about shared spaces. Now, is that an outlier when it comes to the competition? And I know it's not something that you have in your portfolio, but do you see an increase in shared spaces or are those also built into the regulations and restrictions? You know, we're seeing them come back a little bit. There's really not any hard regulation for the shared space. So that means that the homeowner's occupying the home and just renting out a room that traveler is going to be a lot different. We are seeing that come back. Obviously, during COVID, people didn't want strangers in their home and sharing their kitchens. So that fell flat for sure. Um, But we are seeing an increase in those travelers coming back and maybe opting into trying a shared space. I myself had never done it. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think it does take a special uh, breed of vacationer um, and and homeowner and homeowner <laughs> and homeowner and and what happens if um, you know with a pet and in your hot tub uh, you decide that you no longer want them to stay. I'm curious if there's a way to um, you know. Uh, nicely get someone out of your property? Probably not, right? (laughs) 
Um, and then, but on that note, what about for vacation rentals and, you know, some, some tenants, or I guess you call them guests would be maybe a little bit more rough on the house than others. Are there ways that, uh, you support and protect your owners from, um, you know, the bachelor parties, if you will, and, um, and people coming for the concerts with, you know, half their, um, graduating class or something like that. <laughs> sure. So we do have, you know, I mean, the local regulations help that as well. So, you know, if you have three bedrooms, you're only permitted to sleep eight. So two per bedroom plus two is how that works. Um, I will say the city of Bend, when they put the 250 foot radius in place and required the parking, mm-hmm. that definitely helped. Um, just making sure that you have enough parking spaces for your guests. And then we are local and available 24-7. So each of our homes has a sign out front with a phone number that the neighbor can call. If something does happen, uh, we try and set our rates to encourage, you know, no parties. We do not allow events. Um, And then every guest pays towards a damage waiver fee that protects them up to $2,000 in damages. That, however, you know, if somebody's just irresponsible and trashes a place, we're charging them. We're not covering that under our damage waiver, but that protects the homeowner and us. Um, and we just really try and market to those guests that are going to be respectful and really push that they're living in someone's neighborhood, likely surrounded by people that live there full time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, those protections, I'm sure, um, depending on the neighborhood, that kind of brings up just a little spontaneous question on that. You know, do you have any best suggestions for somebody who is able to get that Airbnb permit or, sorry, vacation rental permit and um, and maybe has one neighbor uh, that is more against it than others? Is there a way to kind of soften the relationship or make it so that everybody can be on the same page and it's more of a win-win for everybody? Of course. Yeah. So we, my approach is to go over to the neighbor's house and try and meet them face to face. There is a bad rap on vacation rentals of a lot of them being owner managed or having a vacation rental company that doesn't have a local representative here. So they are not confident that if they have a complaint or need something that anybody will actually pick up the phone and do something about it. Um, There are unfortunate circumstances when people decide to be too loud after quiet time. I myself have driven over to a house at 1.30 a.m. and knocked on a door. Um, Not scared to do that after being in this industry (laughs) as long as I have been. But we're really strict. I live in Bend as well. And so I actually do care about it and care about the neighbors and the neighborhood. So um, that's my approach is to make sure that they have my contact info and that face-to-face, depending on what's happening, bring them a bottle of wine, a gift basket, just saying, hey, I'm here. And like, there's a real person and I live in Bend as well. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I think with all this AI push and all the push that technology um, conveniently has created for us, it's also um, becoming very apparent to me and to majority of my clients how important it is to make sure that our connections and our relationship skills are of the highest caliber, especially when we're within our own community and how we're contributing to that community long term. That's wonderful. 
So, okay, you mentioned COVID and COVID, you know, I've, I've heard you call it uh, before the unicorn years and um, I've adopted that phrase. I love it because um, they were somewhat of just this, this huge outlier um, and something that we can't really reflect on numbers for, at least in the real estate world, um, for what was happening during that time, just because we'd never seen anything like it. Now we're kind of, you know, going back to maybe what fall was like in 2019, but also it's its own market now because the inflation of prices has happened and, um, and just again, the limited inventory. So I'm curious if you'd share a little bit about how that landscape has changed in the vacation rental industry and what maybe you're expecting for 2024. So yes, COVID was the unicorn years. Um, (laughs) Similar to the real estate market, there was that sense of, you know, insecurity and unsure about anything that was happening in the world. Um, What COVID did with vacation rentals is it skyrocketed. It was the first time in history that the vacation rental industry surpassed the hotel industry. People obviously did not want shared spaces in a lobby. They definitely didn't want to be sharing hot tubs with people. Um, I can't tell you how many times I heard a traveler say, I've never stayed in a vacation rental before, but now I don't think I'll ever go back to a hotel. Mm -hmm. So we converted a lot of travelers during that time. We also saw increased revenue, increased occupancy, longer stays, you know, kids weren't in school. So we had people coming in the middle of October and staying seven days because they could homeschool. Mm -hmm. So that has definitely changed. We've seen that post-pandemic shift. We are seeing lower occupancy. uh, Rates have softened a bit for sure. And then just shorter length of stay. So instead of people coming for a week or multiple weeks, they're just staying two or three nights. Um, Travelers are prioritizing international travel, cruise travels back. Those numbers came out, you know, those were back on par with what they were in 2019. And so the other part of that is they're going back to urban markets. They were really pushed to the mountain and beach towns for COVID because they could get away from it all. And that was the point. Um, So we are seeing an increase back into those urban markets and those travelers wanting to be immersed in the events and cultural and society and surrounded by people again, which was the opposite, obviously, during those unicorn years, as you like to call them. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, And so I think to just kind of wrap it up, I have a two-tiered question for us. And um, what what would your recommendation be for a vacation rental owner who is um, struggling with their occupancy um, maybe they're just like a, a one human show and um, don't necessarily have the management skills, nor do, or do they want to invest in having another job. And they're not at the numbers that they were during those uh, unicorn years of COVID. You know, what, what are some things that they can do to potentially increase their occupancy and or get out safely? Well, obviously hire Vacation Rental Collective to manage their property. (laughs) Yes, yes, step one. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, But just touching on what we had said before about, you know, I would encourage them to really compete with those top contenders in our market. You know, if you're looking in the city of Bend and you know there's 1,300 homes available, 
investing in those extra amenities, um, I would say would be step one. Um, and that can be everything from AC to hot tub to pet friendly to having a pool table or ping pong, you know, the game amenities, the outdoor spaces, um, and then really taking a deep dive into the market. You know, Vacation Rental Collective, we're monitoring rates, we're monitoring occupancy, we're adjusting our strategies accordingly, and that can be on a weekly basis. We are, we're seeing travelers book within 45 to 30 days of arrival, which is a very short booking window. They're looking for that best deal with the way the market is, they're price sensitive. And so just looking at those trends and really adjusting accordingly. And it takes a lot of work to do it, even if you're only managing one home. Well, what I heard was really great in that, you know, being an expert in the field requires, you know, weekly, if not daily kind of intake of what's going on in the competition surrounding you. So um, I'm curious if you have any numbers um, from what it would look like to hire VRC um, versus trying to manage it on your own if this is like a brand new um, opportunity that you've created for yourself and then have realized very quickly that now you're stuck in a management role and maybe never desired that yet do want what the investments of a short-term rental can um, offer you when it comes to taxes and when it comes to just building a portfolio of wealth and real estate. Sure. And so, you know, I think it's really starting that conversation and making sure that we're the right fit. We work with our homeowners for what their goal is. So we don't have just like a blanket policy on setting rates and um, how we market and, and how we manage a property. So if the homeowner's goal is to make as much money as possible, they want us to drop rate in the off season, they just rather have people there than let it sit vacant. Maybe they don't have that flexibility of really feeling off season financially, then we're going to adjust rates accordingly and work with them. We, we more times than not can outperform what that owner has done, even after them paying the management fee. Yeah, I can imagine that. That's amazing. Um, and just to wrap us up today, do you have anything else that, you know, maybe we didn't touch on or something that, you know, uh, even a very vetted uh, short-term rental investor may need this information and or somebody as an agent broker or uh, just their own um, inspiring investor, I guess you could call them, um, would need? I think if somebody's looking to get into the vacation rental business, um, we'd love to have a conversation with them. We can do revenue estimates on any property and let them know ballpark what you know they're going to make for gross revenue. And then from there, just explain our services and the amount of money that they actually save, that they're not out of pocket as a homeowner if they're thinking about managing it themselves. And then you have to put a number on the time. You know, um, we can outperform revenue. Also, they just get a paycheck every month <laughs> and don't have to do anything and can be totally hands off. So the vacation rental industry is definitely still a great investment and hold and happy to have those conversations anytime. Yeah, wonderful. I, I love that in the fact of um, asking my clients sometimes, well, how much time are you willing to have in another job? Or, you know, how much would you like to offset just maybe a little bit when it comes to 
your percentage of what you think you're going to make versus what the convenience and the time that you'll be freed up by hiring someone to help manage who's an expert who has their eyes on it. And I can just attest to um, you sending performas um, to me as a broker um, when those properties come up in question. You're always so helpful to get right back to me and, and, and help my clients make a really sound decision in that arena. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me today. Of course, of course. Thank you for joining us on Navigating Real Estate. Listen, follow, drop us a review. Your feedback means a lot. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to share it.